Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast presented by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use that promo code DNVR20 and you will get 20% off your entire purchase of that CBD infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life altering Strava Craft Coffee. It was for me, I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is our beat writer, Patrick Lyons. And we are here to discuss the fourth consecutive win, a series sweep technically over the Oakland A's. I'm always iffy about calling two gamers sweeps, but I suppose they technically are after a 5-1 to one Victory behind another sterling performance from Herman Marquez. More promising stuff out of the bullpen. The defense continuing to look fantastic and the offense just getting enough of the job done. In fact, doing a little bit more, especially late in this one. Patrick, what are your top line takeaways from this game and the way we've seen the Colorado Rockies play, particularly out on the road to start this season? I think in a lot of ways, the game on Wednesday was similar to that of, of Tuesday night's game. The score was obviously a lot closer for much later, but you had that combination of the starting pitching being exactly what it needs to be, uh, the bats getting going when they needed to be, doing a lot of little things well, from the sacrifice fly of, of Garrett Hampson to Trevor Story's hustle in that ninth inning. There are just so many elements of both games, including obviously the bullpen doing what they needed to do, uh, maybe not in the, the most stress-free environment, but it was, again, a, a team playing a complete game, a manager and a coaching staff not doing too much, letting their guys kind of feel themselves out, and you have really a perfect situation for everything that's been happening so far, and you've got the Colorado Rockies winning their fourth game in – Five days, five game days. It took them 16 games to do that in 2019. Yeah, so they yeah. are well ahead of that pace that they set last year. And that's fantastic because in a sprint, those early leads are definitely going to pay off. Hashtag still on the table. 59-1. Hashtag still on the table. Uh, let, me, let me give some statistics to back up the point that you're making right here, Patrick, about all the little things. After going over five on the day, though he had some decent ABs, and he hit the ball hard at least in one at bat. David Dahl is now hitting 227 after kind of being the guy who was their offense in Texas. Trevor Story had a nice day, as we talked about, but he's there with a, a solid OPS now over 1,000. He's kind of been decent at the plate, but he's the only guy with the OPS up there. Charlie Blackman, with a two-hit day, brought his average up to 238, just the 558 OPS. No one here is raking. The guy with the best rate numbers is the guy who's played the least. That's Garrett Hampson, who with a, a one for two day is now got the batting average up to 333 and, a, and an 875 OPS. But again, like no one's raking. Like the Rockies have come out here four and one, but it's not like, well, yeah, it's just because everybody's hitting and they're hot and they're in a groove and they're being carried by their superstar. Like Nolan Arenado has zero home runs and is currently hitting 222 with a 540 OPS. And your ball club is still four and one. Absolutely right. You know it, the the difference between this year and and last, and even in years prior. Uh, I think you know a lot of it seems like it could just be entirely chalked up to 
just taking those pitches and being more patient, not trying to do too much. And it's something that at the beginning of last year, I really started breaking down some film of, of Nolan Arenado in 2018 and seeing some of the things he had done on the road in, in 2019. And, you know, Bud essentially, you know, kind of confirmed my intuitions that like, you know, sometimes maybe Nolan tries to do too much. And for much of the early part of his career, he's had to in a lot of ways where if I don't come through here with runner on second and third base, the guy behind me might not. And the guy behind him might not. So this might be the best chance for me to do something. And I think you're seeing him kind of buy into things a little bit more. You know, he did not have any, any walks today. But, you know, you do see him taking some pitches just a little bit here and there, being more composed at the plate. He did have that one atrocious swing, and that wasn't the only atrocious thing uh, no. coming from him today. But you have, you have eight other guys in the lineup that are – doing that exact same thing. And I think you kind of, you're really maybe starting to see that emergence of Trevor's story as a leader. And it's not, yeah, you know, Nolan is the guy, but you go, yeah, but Trevor's the guy. Charlie's the guy. I mean, David Dahl, he's essentially the next guy. He's one of the guys. And you he just thinks kinda, he's the guy, <laughs> you right? know, yeah. And you, and you have this group of guys who, again, are, are so, many of them are homegrown. And it's the same story you had for, essentially that 2017, 2018 team, but right. it's that same story of all of these guys buying into, you know, the, the same kind of ethos and pathos and they're doing it. And it, it's not going to work all year long. It's we, we've, we've said it, we said it all of last year where you're going to win a third of the games, you're going to lose a third. And it's really those other 50 plus games that mean something. And so now it's about those 20 plus games that mean something. And we've seen a couple of those, already here in their early going but they're four and one and you say wow you really couldn't have drawn it up any better than this as far as the win-loss column goes yeah exactly right and and kevin you know asking an interesting question here or, or making comment kind of related to what you were saying saying it would be interesting to hear what nolan arenado's thoughts are and what he's seeing at the plate he had hit some balls hard but it seemed like he got really frustrated today you talked about the ugly swing there was a, also that really 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 bizarre play where the only explanation for this is he forgot how many outs they were which is something that happens to guys typically we see it happen with outfielders it famously happened to uh larry walker once where he, he turned and handed the ball to a guy in the outfield then tried to go and get it back and throw the guy out um it does happen i've never seen it happen to nolan arenado patrick like you said on twitter i've never seen an infielder come home with a ball when there are two outs like that before, but I guess it's a good thing. He's really good. And Walters was paying attention and they were still able to convert that out. Cause that would have been a really, really bad way to let the game get tied. Uh, just a, a mental mistake. And you can count on one hand at most two, the number of truly just 100% mental mistakes that Nolan Arenado has made in his career where he just did something baffling and that was one of them yeah i don't know if we'll ever actually know you know why that happens or you know why does anything happen where you just have a, a lapse in judgment or you make an error like that but you know the the absence of fans i think has really been to the rockies advantage and anytime you are on the road and you're playing well or you're in a pressure pack situation which we've seen jairo diaz in for the last two nights not having those fans there, I think, is really a, a, an opportune time to kind of 
have those meditative moments where you just breathe and say, hey, it's just me and Tony. I'm just thrown to him. We're in Scottsdale right now. Let me just hit my spots and do my thing rather than you've got an entire stadium of people going ballistic because these games mean three times as much as normal. Oh, my God. I really need to make this pitch right now. Right. No, it's not that. So I think the Rockies have had that advantage. And, you know, someone, I think it might have even been Buster only kind of suggested that. Again, the we live in a world without fans, and that is a reminder of the world that we live in outside of the stadium, and we don't know what kind of anxiety these players have, what things are going on through their head as far as their family lives are concerned, because you can't, you can't make $200 million and this problem goes away. Most other things, that might be true. The, the things that might plague you and I, Drew, when, sure, we, right. when our family <laughs> talks to us and we hear about so-and-so, falling on hard times and you you want to help them out and what can you do you know and it affects how you think and et cetera et cetera but you know if you got 200 million dollars you can make a lot of problems go away you can't make these problems go away that are in the stadium so don't really know what's going on in the mind but we do know there's a lot of things going on for all of us at all times so it's good that it happened to nolan because you go i'm gonna it'll be interesting to see how quickly we forget that play because it worked out, right? Right. He was out of oh, play. Oh, yeah, yeah. overturned. Rockies right. won the ball game. And he's never going to do that again. So and he's going to make, he's gonna make yeah. no less than four gold glove caliber plays over the next seven right. days at home it's, that you and I are going to witness firsthand. And it's going to be, yeah. oh, yeah, that's right. Do you remember that play? Yes. Someone will have to remind us because yeah. it's, it's small potatoes. Hey, Kenneth, we appreciate you watching. Hopefully you, you stick around. Got to agree with this comment here coming in from our guy, DJ, saying a uh, story, the definition of speed kills. Two runs scored just because he's got wheels. You you mentioned the play earlier where he comes around uh, from second with two outs there on the play in the ninth to get the insurance run, Charlie Blackman. But really the one before just as much in the eighth inning where Charlie hits the double down the line and Trevor scores all the way from first. Part of the reason why you told everyone who's got that DraftKings Sportsbook app downloaded uh, and, and taken care of to take Trevor's story to potentially lead the league in runs this year. We knew he was going to be batting higher in the lineup right in front of these run producers and Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman. He's got the speed. He's showing a willing. He stole the base right before that. That was a big part of the other one, uh, he doesn't get to score on that Charlie Blackman hit in the ninth without the stolen base. Th- this is the Trevor story, the complete player that you and I were really touting and expecting to see coming into this year. Yeah, of course. I, I think just the lineup change was was such a big deal for you know giving story that advantage, and and that's why we had said, hey, DraftKings, you know you can you can bet on who scores the most runs in the in in the the sixty game season. And I think with having a more veteran presence like Charlie Blackman now hitting behind Story rather than a young guy like David Dahl who may be more prone to doing too much, you know, you're going to see that many more runs scored. You got a healthy Daniel Murphy. You got Ryan McMahon who very quietly, you know, hit 24 home runs last year and is the guy when anyone asks, so who's someone I should keep my eye out for in Colorado? You go, if you don't have Ryan McMahon atop, you know, maybe even just outside the top five second baseman in the game, you're missing out on something. That's right. one of those reasons why Story is going to score so many runs. He's been cutting down on his strikeouts. He's taking those walks when he needs them. He's got five runs scored already. But keep in mind, they've only played five games. 
Right. <laughs> and, and some other guys like a Nelson Cruz goes off and hits and has 12 bases. Um, he's one of one of only five or six guys who have had 12 or more bases uh, at age 40 or older. Our uh, former Rockies player Jason Jambi is on that list. So there's a couple guys ahead of Story right now, but he, Story hasn't even hit his groove at the plate yet. And right. he's at the top of that list. So that's going to be one we're going to have to keep our eyes on all season long. You know who apparently has hit their groove at the plate? Samaoka is our, our commenter here. I'm going Samaoka coming in. How about my man and your doppelganger, Mr. Lyons? <laughs> Tony freaking Walters. I thought that ball was going to get out. He's just crushing it. Some really nice at bats. And, and I'm glad he didn't say like just like the power or whatever. That's right. Nice at bats, top to bottom. He had a line drive out that he made to second base that was louder than, you know, his typical out from a year ago. But yeah, I thought he was going to have that grand slam. He had another barreled up or or he hit, I think it was 98 uh, mile an hour exit velo on that. And it was a hung pitch and uh, a weird play that the Rockies only ended up getting one run and it turned into a single and it very easily could have been a, a bases clearing double or a couple more feet. And it is a grand slam, but This is, again, something we talked about a lot. We saw this coming in spring training just from talking to Walters last year and some of his hitting coaches and all the things they've been working on. Um, This shouldn't be a total surprise, but to see it like almost immediately, he looks as locked in as anybody at the plate, Patrick. That's still something to take note of and, and be a little bit like, Mom, check out your boy. Yeah, go back and look at the Quest for Asterisk series that we're going to be running all year long, but it's basically our opening day preview where Drew looked at Tony Walters and did an amazing job in in doing so and how Tony is one of those five kind of pivotal players, those definitive five guys that could make or break the Rockies season outside of those obvious star talents. And you see what Walters has done in his 10 batted balls if you dig in deep into the stat cast and you believe in those things, and you very well should because there is a correlation between having success with your exit velocity, et cetera, et cetera. And of his 10 batted balls, his exit velocity is already up four miles an hour uh, over last year. Launch angle is up about three degrees. And his hard hit percentage, which is no way he can keep up at this rate, but is at 70%. He's among the league leaders. Uh, actually, I think going into today, he may have been uh, tops in right. what hard hit balls or barreled balls. Right. Unbelievable. Where last year he had zero or, or was uh, yeah yeah among the uh, the bottom yeah it, it's he's my right. nine hitter that's right. the thing is that he's your right. nine hitter is that if you get more production out of guys in the bottom of the lineup it's not only going to take pressure off the top and the middle parts but it's just going to make you an overall more productive club and we're seeing you know again colorado doing that across the board and it's it's just amazing you do the little things well the big things take care of themselves and mm-hmm. look at all the little things that are going well for the Rockies. And look how big that 4-1 and one record atop the NL West standings looks right now. It looks I love, huge. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I love this comment from David. Nine runs allowed on the season. Undefeated when the Rockies score. <laughs> that <laughs> that's is a really great, good. That's a, that's a really great way to look at it. The Rockies are undefeated when they <laughs> score. And, and it is amazing <laughs> to think back. Like, one of those balls gets in the gap when they had guys on in the 7th, 8th, or ninth there against... Uh, the Rangers in the opener, 
And you're talking about an undefeated Colorado Rockies team pretty easily. It's not like the one game they lost was a, ah, well, you know, we'll take that one. We got killed today. Like, no, they very easily could be undefeated right now. It's it's pretty crazy to to think about. Yeah, and, um, and, and I think and I think it's one of the things that that has to be mentioned is, you know, the pitching staff, and that's why. Well, might as well just say it right now. Herman Marquez was the DraftKings draft king, king of the of game. The game, when king of the game, strong. He was the king of the game. That's right. Um, king Marquez, six innings pitched, Ooh, four like hits, that. eight strikeouts, one walk. That that is the probably the most important number. You have eight strikeouts and one walk. That is the most important thing. You know, it ties Kyle Freeland with the longest uh, outing so far. Again, we're only talking five games. But whereas, you know, Freeland gave up the, the two runs, he, there was a lot of action on the bases, walked three guys. But an 8-to-1 strikeout-to-walk ratio is huge and is, is on par with what you can expect from Marquez. He's, he's the king of the game. All right. Uh, you just reminded me now. We have very important business to attend to, and I should crack open a Breck brew, but it's unfortunately, it's it's just out of arm shot for me. It's it's really unfortunate that I've set myself up in this situation. Normally, I would do that as I discuss something as fun as nicknames, because we are going to get back into this. But first, I do have to remind everybody that while I can't, because it's just out of arm reach right now, drink my Breck brew with you. I hope you all are knocking back some Mile High City Copper Lagers right now. You know that that's been my favorite for the summer. But also just if you're new into the Breck Brew game, I do highly, highly recommend that 15 can sampler pack way better than a 12 can sampler. In fact, it's three. It's three better. Uh, (laughs) And there's all kinds of delicious brew that you can get from Breckenridge. And if you don't want to go out to get it, you don't have to. You can get it delivered to you by Davidson's Liquor. They've also got curbside pickup that's super safe, but they've been the leaders in delivering alcohol right to your door for years, especially if maybe you've had a couple while you're out, you walked home, you don't want to drive to the liquor store, you want it to be brought to you. It's a safe way to get it done. So check them out at Davidson's. If you're totally good to be out and about and you want to head down to the farmhouse, though, that may be the best way to get it because not only can you get that delicious Breckenridge brew but you get some really fantastic food and you can get five bucks off when you use promo code DNVR so just give them a call today at 303-803-1380 from noon to eight for pickup and uh, just help yourself some to some delicious food and drink as I've been known to do from time to time so now we got it here okay Patrick, you, you've just reminded me that while I've advocated for a while, and we may see pitchers hit again in the NL, that's still up in the air. I've ad- advocated for this DH, and it, it looks like it's coming. One way or the other, it's coming. So we, we're going to have to retire. Our incredible, I, I, look, I'm giving us credit. Our incredible nickname for Herman Marquez that maybe never totally caught on, El Bata Dior de Plata, the Sick. silver slugger. It was it was great. The guy could rake, but if he's not going to be given opportunities to anymore, so you we did. I mean, right there, we just had King Marquez, Will coming in with El Kaiser. Nice. Okay, all right. So King Marquez also Ryan Dragon that making him richer this afternoon. Assumed he had that five point five strikeouts every time he goes out there. By the way, we'll talk about that in just a minute. But uh, we'll get into that, Ryan. I, we'll, <laughs> we've got a whole thing on that, but. Uh, how do you like Marquez Rex? 
Marquez Rex. Is, it, is that a play on something? It's not jumping out to me. I like Just it. for the king. Just because it's King Marquez. Because I think he's going to win a bunch of these draft king of okay. the games. I think. So King Marquez. People know a little bit more what we're doing here, right? But Marquez Rex just feels a little. I don't know. I don't know if it works. I don't know if it's functional. Okay. But it sounds good. It does. <laughs> I do like that. I like the X and the Z on the end there. Uh, how about this? Try this one on. Uh, in honor of Felix Hernandez, who you know is is decided because he's already king. He's King Felix. He's right. King Felix. So he's he got right. King Marquez. That's we're right. We, if we're gonna, that's right. If we're gonna stand up on the Todd Father thing, we can't take someone else's nickname. And maybe you can pass it down. I mean, maybe right. As if he signs off player, on it, yes. Yeah, right. Rogers kind of that's handed right. down uh, Nature Boy Nature. to Ric Flair. Woo. Uh, that's for Josh Reddick out there and all the Astros fans listening, uh, along the Joe Kelly haters. Um, but let's let's keep on that because he was the silver slugger, El Batidor del Plata. Um, as we all know, his player's weekend uh, jersey name on the back is Marquis. I think, and it looks sharp if you see it, he should go Marquis del Rey because in Spanish, Rey is king. Marquis. So he's King Marquis, but in Sp- uh, King Marquez in Spanish, but. Marquis Del Rey. Marquis Del Rey. All right, let us know in the comments which one of those you like. Kenneth is in on Lord Marquez. Okay, very, very proper. I like that. Marquis Del Rey. Yeah, let us know what you like. Or, or Don Marquez. I kind of like that one, but that, that might be a little. Like <laughs> Don Herman. Don, Don Herman. That's not the bad. Don Herman Marquez. Don Herman's not bad. That's not bad at all. Um, mile high is going, just going king. Um, you got to get sign off. I'm telling you, you, you've got to get sign off permission from King Felix on that. If, if I'm going to make a stink about the Todd father thing and I am, uh, then we've got, we've got to be, we've got to be fair about that across the board. I do want to get back into this Rockies game since I saw the comment come up here and it gives me a second to step away and, and recapture because all of that. Nickname talk just gets me so excited. Dan coming in, of course. The other bit of news today, Patrick. Eight-game suspension announced for Joe Kelly. We hadn't even had an opportunity yet to talk about the incident, although you did go viral (laughs) with something that you sent out that that really made the rounds out there on Twitter, which I thought was hilarious, and apparently so did a lot of other people. Um, But, of course, Joe Kelly, relief pitcher for the Dodgers, letting one go behind the head of Alex Bregman, uh, we all know the story there with the Astros more or less caught cheating and getting very little in terms. We knew this was coming. Players have basically told us, well, if the league's not going to do anything, and and this is what people are saying. Uh, this is the consensus I've seen. The league was tougher on Kelly than the Astros. This is going to be crazy, and this is almost the point for him to come out and say, look, if he serves a single game of this suspension, he'll have been punished more than any Astros player was for engaging in a wide-reaching cheating scandal. It's it's tough to to stomach this one, even though in a vacuum, I do hold the position. Don't throw people's heads. Yeah, it was you know, way behind him. I don't know, man. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. There there's a lot to unpack with it, you know, because ultimately what he did was he threw a ball four, right? He threw a wild pitch and he struck out a batter. And maybe talked a little bit of trash and made some great faces. We do oh, know the that. Face? Oh, those are great. 
Um, and you can't really blame a guy because, you know, he was working all throughout the, the quarantine. He was working on that changeup. And, you know, he did more damage to the window in the back of his home in Arizona than he did actually did to the body of any of the Houston Astros players. And right. for that, he suspended eight games. But, you know, two wrongs don't make a right. Uh, I, I'll explain why I guess I understand where the league was coming from, but I don't understand that they were able to kind of let all the Astros just slide without any punishment and not right. realize that, you know what? there's going to be an equal and, and an opposite reaction to all of this. And how are you going to deal with those ramifications and, and that story of, hey, this guy just got suspended for, you know, throwing a questionable pitch inside against a guy than this other player did. And maybe the suspension actually gets reduced to one game and it's for a starting pitcher. So really it doesn't mean anything. It's just something on the books. Even still, that would have been more than any of the Astros got. So... You know, it's with that that the only thing I could possibly understand is that that is just a, a message loud and clear, I think, to all players that, look, this is a pandemic. We cannot be clearing benches. This cannot happen in any shape or form. So, therefore, if that does happen, you're going to miss a lot of games. And by the 2.7 time uh, factor uh, standards, if you're using that, that's about 20 games that he's now missing of what it would have been a regular season. So... That's going to be a lot. That's that's almost a month of games when one of your premier relievers is gone for that. You know, I'm sure he he'll be able to to get that reduced a little bit. But right, it it just it it reminds baseball fans of what the Astros did, and it reminds everybody on the outside of baseball, like, hey, there are all these guys, and there was this team that just had 50% of them test positive for COVID, and now these two teams are commingling together because someone said a dirty word towards another player's face. It's, it's kind of the reminder of, of those two worst things that we don't really want to hear about either as baseball fans or be reminded of, I should say, and what's kind of what's going on in the world. And man, Hey, that's 2020. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that was really, I think that was really well said. And obviously from a Rockies perspective, it works out well for them if he has oh, yeah. to, serve all of that suspension because the Dodgers continue to not have several of their best players here in the early going. And as long as that continues to be the case, but it is kind of amazing to me to see like Rockies fans, like 90% consensus with Joe Kelly here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I've, I've never, I've never seen this many Rockies fans come out in defense of a Dodger ever in my life. <laughs> I mean, the enemy of my enemy would actually put you on the side of the Astros here. But I think the, the bigger picture of the game of baseball is more important than wins and losses because we love yeah. the game of baseball. Like if something were to happen and Colorado decided, you know what, we're going to end up moving our franchise to Vancouver. Yes, heartbroken. No two ways about it. But we're still going to be watching baseball. We're still going to be fans of it. And we're still going to apply for Canadian citizenship. Like these are all things that are obviously going to happen one after another. So I think if Rockies fans say, well, wait a minute, the Astros cheated. So no, I'm, I'm on whoever else is, is throwing a pitch a little high and a little tight. We don't want anyone getting hurt, but you know what? Let's, let's send a message that we are not okay with this. Rockies fans can support that even if they're wearing Dodger blue. Yeah. And hit them in the butt. 
but probably, I mean, and it's going to be interesting now too to see like if, if if a guy like has one just legitimately slip and get away from him, and he hits an Astro player. Like, is he going to get suspended for a third of the season? Uh, you know, just because yeah, it's going to be really, really interesting to see now because because it does look. And it, this is the hard part of it for, for everybody. And, I, and that's why I'm glad you started and ended with it. It does. The hypocrisy is the thing that people can't stomach. And it does look it doesn't just look it is the MLB going much harder after people trying to punish the Astros in whatever way they see fit than they ever did. Right. And and if that happens, if what I just described, I think all hell will break loose amongst fans and like if somebody's like, dude, the ball just slipped out and you're going to suspend me forever because we have to be so hyper protective of the Astros. They've they deserve that hyper protection. Like, really? But but you, your point is well taken. They can't let it get out of control. It can't just be open season. Help yourselves <laughs> throw at them all day. Go at it. Uh, th- that can't be what we do here. Right. I'll be interested to see what the numbers look like by the end of the season on hit by pitch. Like, is there going to be a a reduction of that? And, you know, how much of that just has to do with not pitching in April and May in those colder months? There there, there could be some correlation. I know there's plenty of uh, incredibly intelligent mathematicians out there that can crunch those numbers and and, and let us know. But it will be interesting. It wouldn't shock me if we did see a reduction in in, in hit by pitches because ultimately – Guys are not trying to send those messages because they don't want benches to clear because we can't have that. So, right. you know what? Let's all just can. play nice and swallow a little bit of our pride in these moments. And, you know, to the victor goes the spoils. Yeah. Well, let's get back on the field here. And as our guy Ryan was saying a little bit earlier that Armand Marquez has been helping him win some money. If you were to wonder, what do you mean he's been helping you win some money? Well, what our guy Ryan is talking about is he's downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Probably use that promo code DNVR because it can get you hooked up with a really fantastic sign up bonus. All time you uh for a limited time, not all time use. I'll get my words correct in, in the order that they go. For a limited time, all users get a special odds boost bet of $20 to win $100 on a team of your choosing when you use that code dnvr and they keep putting the marquez over under strikeout at 5.5 he had eight today he had six in game one he has a 12 plus k per nine rate for his career he leads the rockies or his second it's him and john gray and they kind of and they're very close and they're both still pitching so it can kind of go back and forth a little bit between the two of them uh he's been fantastic and really um, one of the things we talk a lot about, we've gone on the DNVR Bets show and had those guys come on ours, and you should check them out most, uh, I think every weekday at 5, uh, that a lot of times it's based on you know the, the public opinion of things. And the public opinion of Colorado Rockies pitching is never high. And if you have particular confidence in one of these guys, Marquez is a good one to look at, some of these relievers, who are breaking through though I'd have to go and find out what they're you know what kind of lines you can bet on relievers uh, I'm not sure I'd take any Rockies guy to lead the league in saves or anything but uh Marquez so far has been one of the safer bets we talked about earlier maybe a long-term one for Trevor Story to lead the league in runs there are some fantastic 
odds on all of that. But again, in order to get in on the action, and you can bet really low odds, like we had talked about here, you know, these $20 bets to win 100 bucks on something of your choosing. That's one of my favorite ways to do it, is to lay low dollar amounts on things you think are a bit of a long shot, because then you can win if it happens, and you're not especially disappointed that you weren't before the season able to 100% predict what was going to happen. I, that's that's my methodology of doing it. I know some other people have their ways of going, but it just makes a lot more fun to have some skin in the game. So again, remember to use that code DNVR to boost your odds to $20 to win 100 bucks only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Other terms and conditions and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522-4700 and check them out on Instagram. Uh, so Patrick, yeah, uh, along with Marquez being a, a pretty good bet so far this year, this Rockies bullpen sure is starting to look fantastic. We saw some more good stuff out of Carlos Estevez, though he did get into a little bit of trouble and he had to throw 22 pitches. I don't know how his arm is still attached to his body. He's pitched in four of the Rockies five games so far this year, um, but he's still sitting there with an ERA of 0.00. If there's anyone that is uh, among Bud Black's favorite human beings in the world, it's very <laughs> clearly Carlos Estevez. Right. Four out of five games. Like that's just mind blowing. And again, we're, we're, you know, in the middle part of the season and guys are revved up, ready to go. Sure. They had an off day on Monday. They had an off day on, on Thursday, but you very clearly see who Bud Black just trusts most. And, and you even see Yensei Almonte getting that spot in the ninth, which I thought was very interesting again with Thursday being an off day. Cause you could have very easily gone to Wade Davis there, but you know, Estevez is is looking great, and he's a guy that you you don't really sweat it too much if and when he gets into a jam. There was a, was a comment even that we just had about Jairo Diaz and kind of, again, one of those moments about, oh, man, he's bending, but he just doesn't break. In fact, I think it was when... Um, Coming he, from the excellently named Drew, yeah. Any concerns or are you feeling more confident because he's been able to work out of it, he wants to know. I knew there was a good one out there somewhere. Thanks, Jerome. There had to be at least um, one. <laughs> so McIntyre. He, he, he walks a batter. And so he has runners on first and second. And immediately I go, oh, wow, this here's where it's going to get tight. And as soon as the runner touches second base, Jairo Diaz blows this gigantic green bubble. He, he's just <laughs> calm, cool, and collected. And I go, wow. All right. I think he'll probably be okay. And even if he does give up a run, they're all right. No doesn't doesn't give up anything and the Rockies bullpen has a 1.08 ERA listen to unreal for at least a two game stretch no five game stretch right for two games this is an all-time great bullpen a (laughs) 1.08 ERA over the course of two days no five okay so that's against American League teams who knew well ahead of time that the DH was available to them. So they set right. their teams up accordingly. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they, they've outpitched the, the, the rotation. It is at a 2.31 ERA. So and these are two teams that out. I'm sure if you looked across all of the national articles and podcasts and everything was done and you were able to coalesce all of that, you would see the Rangers and A's expected to do better than the Rockies this year. 
maybe not the Rangers, though there, there's some hype around them because they made offseason moves. We've talked about this, and you can get a little little hype there. But the A's won 96 games last year? 94? They won 97 the last two. You know, Matt yeah. Chapman is just a, a like, Nolan Arenado wannabe, and that's a compliment. It is. Mm-hmm. It right? is. It Matt is. Olson, and, and we, we saw it right there. Um, I think it was in that, that eighth inning where Matt Olson came up with two guys on base. Yeah. And Friday night, opening day, that was the first game that we had with the ghost runner on second base. And what did he do? He had a walk-off grand slam in the 10th. Now mm-hmm. in the 8th against Jairo Diaz, nada. That slider so is... He's a, yeah, he's a great ball player. And again, Oakland has a good line. Mark Hanna, who... You know, yeah. I, I I wasn't sure if the the AT and T Sportsnet broadcast was going to catch it, but they did because um, they got Doug Marino behind the scenes, who's absolutely fantastic with statistics. But uh, Mark Hanna was a guy that the Rockies took in the Rule Five draft, and immediately, you know, about thirty five seconds later, turned around and traded him to Oakland because that was the whole purpose of it. So he right. was he was <laughs> a Colorado Rockies uh, player, I guess you could say, for maybe about two minutes. So. They have a, a sneaky good lineup, Marcus Simeon. So, you know, to hold this team to four runs over those two days is probably a little bit more impressive because I think the A's lineup, it will score more runs than the Rangers lineup. But overall, my God, this this nine earned runs in five games, it's the least amount of runs any team across baseball has scored this season. And it's your Colorado um, Rockies. And... They've only had to use their de facto closer one. Well, twice. I'm sorry, twice. One time was a little shaky. The other time, he looked great. And they don't have their actual closer yet, or or at least their best reliever uh, expected coming into this season. So just a lot of great signs out there, like I said. Uh, and I, I like not only what we saw out of Yency Almonte, having a nice, clean, crisp, three up, three down, 10 pitch, ninth inning, to close things out and, and, and continue to look like he's feeling more comfortable at this level. But I like Bud Black going to him in that spot to give him that opportunity to continue to gain confidence to even, and these guys will tell you this. I remember having this conversation with Carlos Estevez several years ago um, where he had fit, he had pitched the ninth in a game. The Rockies won like eight to two or something like that. And he struck out the side and he was kind of, and he was dominant, but he was like, it feels so different to get the final out of a baseball game. Like that that rush that like you you threw the ball, the guy swung and missed, and their chances to win are zero now. It's over. They get none left. In a game with no clock, there is a mental thing that that does to a guy. And for Yancy Almonte to go out there, and, and 5-1 is not inescapable. We've seen the Rockies bullpen blow a 5-1 lead before uh, many, many times. So... For him to go out there calm, cool, collected, do the thing. Uh, and it's kind of like we talked about Estevez the night before. Put absolutely no stress in his manager whatsoever to whether or not he needs to even warm somebody else up. Um, just like you said earlier about the team in general, there will be bumps in the road. This is not going to be the best bullpen it could be the best bullpen in the history of the Rockies, honestly, because that bar is not that high to, to clear, and you've only got to do it for 60 games. So that's actually very much on the table. But they're going to they're gonna have their bumps. It's going to be, do they have enough guys going at the right time? Can they sustain? Can the starters 
start going a little bit deeper into some of these games. If you're going to criticize something on Marquez today, might be a little bit with his efficiency. He, if he had handled a couple of innings a little bit better, he probably could have pitched the seventh. Not that they needed it with the way the bullpen is going, but those are nitpicky things you look at. But boy, oh boy, you, that you have to nitpick the Rockies pitching is, you know, this far into the season. Pretty amazing. Yeah, I think, you know, the most realistic positive outcome they could have been uh, had going into the home opener is just so many signs of life in a lot of different ways. You go three and two. Hey, that's a good, you know, road stand. You, you won more than you lost. And nope. okay, now you're, you're back at home. Maybe you can get into a groove against the West. If this, this, and this goes right, it's, it is, it's, they still have so much to prove, I think at, at home, right. To how much is this real? But even if, you know, half of it is real, that's, that's going to be a lot because I think in a, in a three and two scenario, you would, you would say, well, in a best case scenario, maybe half of the good things we're hoping for work out. And we're saying that it's, it's almost assuredly going to be half. And that's in a worst case scenario now. Yeah. So it, it, I just can't wait to see, you know, how they play at home against the division with teams that kind of, you know, know their number in a lot of different ways. You know, the Padres, maybe not as much, uh, although I, I do want to talk to to Bud uh, hopefully tomorrow about what that series meant against the Padres last June uh, yeah. around, the, I think it was the 15th right. through 18th. That was, you know, where they scored, it's I the think, beginning they combined of the 92 end, runs. Oh. And it was, it was the beginning of the end. And that was oh. the opportunity for the Rockies to have an easy four game sweep and to not have the June swoon. And that was the beginning of the end. And it was because of the Padres and it really shouldn't have been. They didn't, they didn't have the caliber of talent that they upgraded this off season. So, you know, you, you still got, you still got the name on the front of the Jersey. You maybe you have a little bit more swagger because of the brown and the mustard there. I, I think those players like that. It's a unique identity. They're no longer just a team with a navy-colored top like so many other teams in the game. Right. That's why people are attracted to the Rockies. So Padres have uh, something going for them, and this will be a good test. It's What's also weird is that the Padres still have a game Wednesday night, and then they have a game on Thursday. So they have two more games. Rockies are done. They're relaxing. They're going back to their hotel. They're going to fly back to Denver. By the time they actually suit up to play them on Friday, they can watch two full games that the Padres have played and scout. And I think that could even be an advantage for Colorado in this weekend series, the home opener for your Colorado Rockies at Coors Field on Friday. And come out to the DNVR bar, RSVP as soon as you can because it's going to be sold out. That's where you want to be. If you can't be at Coors Field, and no one can be, there's only so many places and limited space that you can go to kind of just feel some of that energy. And it's all good energy right now. It's not just right. baseball, happiness, opening day energy. It's like, whoa. What's, it's a buzz, is, a real buzz. Is something buzz. happening right now? Is there, yeah. is there some kind of revolution going on right now as, as far as this team goes? You want to be out there and a part of it. You very much do. So I want to get into talking about what we're looking forward to seeing in that series just a very little bit. Well, actually, no. What I want to do here is this, because we're going to have a little bit of time before we get to that Friday set. So we're, we're, we're going to have an opportunity to do that. I want to answer a couple of questions here then before 
we wrap up. But I also want to remind everybody that as much fun as I've been having playing Colorado, or as I've been having watching Colorado Rockies baseball, I've been having almost as much fun playing WGT golf, the most beloved golf game in the world, totally free. You can download it on either your phone or your laptop at dnvrgolf.com. They are the official sponsor of DNVR Gaming, which is super cool, and we very much appreciate that. But really, it's just a fun game to play, whether you're doing it for a little bit of a distraction in between, you're riding the bus somewhere, or you're in the back of a car on a long drive, you want to hit around the golf clubs, you're, you're sitting at home, you're, you're a hardcore golf person and you want to get all that top golf equipment and you really want to hone in your game because there is real challenge in this thing as well. Either way, it's a whole lot of fun. And like I said, you got nothing to lose. It's totally free. You download it at dnvrgolf.com. You join one of our country clubs. So that way you make sure you're hanging out with everybody in the DNVR community. You can come right at us on the staff, talk some trash, especially to me because I'm terrible at it. Be careful about talking trash to Patrick and Harrison Wind. Those guys bring the thunder a little bit. Those guys bring it. So if you're going to talk some trash to Patrick Lyons, which I highly recommend when given the opportunity to do so, um, just make sure you bring it. That's all. You can talk trash to me and you still don't really have to bring it. <laughs> no, no bringing it required. Oh, yeah. Well, watch this. bunker. Oh, <laughs> Damn it. That's a- it was terrible. So like I said, we're going to have, as you mentioned, actually, everybody's going to have a minute to get ready for that Padres series. So we'll do that on a future podcast. A couple of questions coming in here from Sean. I saw any chance they move Tony up in the lineup. I actually don't think there's much of a chance of them doing that. Um, and I don't think that they would really want to. I, I, st- I think they... They like him where he is. They like his ability to turn around. You saw him lay down a really nice sack bunt today, even the ability to do that at the bottom of the lineup to kind of flip things back over to the guys who really do damage there at the top is a good thing. But um, I I actually think despite the lack of, you know, thunderous results from the offense that everyone's feeling pretty good about where they are. You, you, You asked a question also here about, are we worried about McMahon yet? I know he had an ugly strikeout late in the game, but, Two base hits today, two the day before that. Uh, so, no, no, uh, he went oppo. He pulled one through the other side. Um, you know, Tapia, same thing. Hilliard, same thing. Um, not really concerned about any of these guys as long as their quality of at-bats continue. They're seeing a lot of pitches. They hit the ball hard occasionally. We're good. I think they're doing that at a good enough rate. You leave the offense more or less where it is. Yeah, I've got zero faults with what you said. The, the only argument against you know moving up walters or really the, the biggest argument against it is who are you moving down right you right you know a couple a couple guys you know hilliard you know has has had his his moments where he hasn't looked great but overall i think all of these guys are on par with one another and when it comes to just driving and runs or even just hey having enough of a, an experience at that where you can get a fly ball deep enough to the outfield for a sacrifice fly you know you there's a lot of guys ahead of Walters in the lineup where you see that Garrett Hampson was even able to do that. And you right. think, well, wait a minute, you would want Hampson batting ninth because that sets the table. You now basically have Hampson and Dahl as that double leadoff, right? That idea of two fast guys. I do and like they that. They didn't do that. They didn't do right. that. Right. 
and 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 it didn't cost them in any material way. You know, there was no way you could look out and be like, well, and 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 again, it's something I would look at. And if Tony continues to hit better, and if he does start getting into a couple and they're clearing the wall, you know, you, you keep your mind open to everything. But for now, he's comfortable where he is. Don't move him either. That's another thing I think sometimes we forget about right. guys that like, you know, oh, he's hitting well. Let's put him in a spot where him hitting well will do better for the team. It's like, but part of why he's hitting well may be the spot he's in. So that was a conversation a long time with Charlie Blackman. And obviously he's been able to, to move into the middle part of the lineup. But that was always contingent upon what we've seen now, which we haven't seen before, which is David Dahl setting the tone as a leadoff hitter, really doing that job, seeing pitches, making contact, not striking out on three or swinging at the first one and rolling it over. David Dahl has really shown an ability to be a leadoff hitter. So it's funny. We were going down all the bad OPSs earlier, but the offense looks fine to me, uh, especially because I think there's just so much room for it to improve now. Yeah, each of those spots in the in the batting order is like a position on the field where they might not even have specially assigned jobs, but they are – you know, obviously some are way more important than others. And if you're doing what you need to do in the most important of spots, Charlie Blackman has done a fantastic job batting third, even with his average being under 300 right now. Again, small sample size, sure. Uh, and we've, we've been saying small sample size, even with the four and run record. So we're not picking and choosing here. We, we are being fair across the board. Right. But each of the spots in the lineup, they have a job and a position. And there's nothing wrong with being the, the eighth or ninth hitter and being successful in that spot, sure, maybe it means you're ready to be moved up. But if the guy batting sixth is doing the job of a quality, you know, sixth hitter, then that's great. That's one of the things why those teams in New York in the late '90s were so beloved. Sure, winning four World Series in five years is going to that'll, that'll do. <laughs> but 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 each and every one of those guys were beloved beloved for what they did. You know, Scott Brocious was. Sure, he was a World Series MVP, but he batted seventh in the lineup. And then as soon as he became a free agent, you know, he made some some good money elsewhere. And a team's like, yeah, we could have this guy batting fifth. And so and it's like, wait a minute. He was the prototypical seven guy in that lineup with great hitters above him, competent hitters behind him, and just everyone around him being successful. That made him that much more successful. So right. it's a good problem that Walters is, is looking good in batting ninth. But it, it's also one that, you know, can't really solve itself if everyone above him is doing their job and doing right. what they need to do. Because you know what? That's that's how you would draw it up. You 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 want your nine hitter to be successful. And and I think Tony is 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 a good hit for that. Maybe he does move up to eighth and you do have, you know, a double leadoff situation with a Hampson, or maybe if Tapia goes down there, that does mean less at bats for him. But maybe he gets into a better mindset and say, you look. You are, you are the leadoff hitter for David Dahl. So take those pitches. Don't be chasing. Draw right. the walks if you need to. Have that kind of mindset as the double leadoff. And maybe you have success in that. So it's... Again, I could see either of those two players. That's right. Yeah, those are the two guys I could see doing it. And I really like that. But as you said, like right now there's one guy the Rockies could have step up to the plate that I feel like I'm going to be surprised if he gets a big hit and it is Chris Owings who when they signed him I went this guy doesn't hit he's never hit look at his offensive profile he's got a career batting average like 180 and a grand total of six career home runs that's not what he's on the team to do and we talked about it before though it is absolutely amazing when you 
put the veteran guy who runs well and, and plays a bunch of defense on your team and you switch him in defensively late in the game. More often than not, it's like, oh, it was nice to have him. It felt good. He didn't do anything. He made another stellar play out there today. And that's all he's there to do, folks. The bats are going to be ugly. I'm not here to tell you that I believe in Chris Owings' bat. You've never heard me say it. Um, Michaela kind of gave me a hard time for it the other day. When, when we, oh, the other day. It was weeks ago at this point. But still, that's what he's on the team to do. And right now, it's just, like you said, everyone's doing their jobs. Chris Owings playing defense. Hampson and Story using their speed and defense capabilities along with their bats. Nolan showing some leadership by getting a nice sack fly when he needs to, by not freaking out totally when he made a dumb play. <laughs> and then, you know, coming out and, and continuing to, for the, uh, there was a double play he made right after that, which of course you just expected me. He had a nice diving one today. These are the things that need to happen. Marquez doing what Marquez does. But the bullpen, I think, is is the story of the season so far. It was the one thing uh, I expected them to play good defense. You know I've believed in these starters, and you know I've believed in this team in general and that I think they would hit enough if they got back to this formula of pitching and defense first. This bullpen, Patrick. Amante and, and Bard and, and, and dudes coming out and, and shoving was not what I was expecting, and so... As long as they can hold that up, this team's going to stay competitive. It's so interesting, the perspective that we have at the beginning of this year with them starting on the road, because every team is able to find a couple you know, veteran guys, or just they sign two or three to non-roster deals, and one of them comes out and you go, shoot, we didn't expect to get 70 innings out of this guy, and he was one of our most valuable players. Same thing for the young guys, for guys who maybe even up and down, like Yancy Almonte will say, that you go, wow, this guy ended up being vital when so-and-so went down. And every team has those stories every year. It's one of the reasons why you know a team like Oakland even doesn't really go out and spend a lot on their bullpen. They don't make right. those Shaw and McGee signings because they know, you know what, we don't know who it's going to be, but it's going to be someone. And when you get that, you know, when you get those guys in your team and you're, you're starting out in, in the cold of April and you're not able to get your momentum, all those guys that had that kind of flash and maybe had that buzz, they lose some of that luster and they lose you know, right. some of that, that flash. And you know, besides fans losing belief in them, they maybe lose some belief in themselves because they go, man, I've got it for moments, but I just don't have it for this marathon. I don't have it for this slog. I'll be happy when I do. But when I don't, that's all right. It's, it's like being on the golf course. You, you get in that tee box and you go, this, maybe this is that one. And if, if, I, if it is that one, man, I'm going to be set up good and I might even be able to get a birdie here or par at worst. And odds are you don't. Mm. And you go, well, this is why Damn I'm not golf. one of the best. Yeah, this is <laughs> why I'm not a, a pro <laughs> right. or anything like that. So the Rockies now, by starting on the road and starting in this warmer season, those guys, those veteran guys, you, like your Daniel Bard right there, Tyler Kinley, and the young guys with your Yancy Almontes, they are able to kind of live up to that expectation you have where, yeah, there's going to be some guys that come out of nowhere that really contribute. And right now, everybody is really contributing, and it's coming together. 
And as you said about Owings, hey, that's his job. That's all he needs to do, and he understands that. That's a lot easier to do when you're a veteran guy and you go, yeah, I'd love to play more, but I'm not going to turn my nose up if McMahon goes and makes an error in that first inning. No, because I, I know what my job is. I know my place, and that's <clears> fine. <throat> the relievers are feeling like that too, especially when you're winning. But if you've got too many of those young guys uh, on a roster and they start playing well and they're hitting eighth or ninth in the lineup, they get a couple knocks here and there, they make a couple nice plays, you go, they're thinking, ah, skip, maybe I should be batting higher. And they don't say it, but it, it festers within them. And, you know, and there, it's not to say there aren't those guys in this clubhouse. I couldn't pick one out, you know. Uh, yeah, I don't even from, from this group, it's no, not necessarily yeah, no, there not, is. But no, there is a general sense that that happens throughout. Maybe the Rockies don't really have that right now, and that's why they're four and one because everybody knows their role, they're okay with it, and if they're not, they know I don't want to mess up the momentum this team's got right now. We've got some really good chemistry. It's only been five games, but it's the only five games we've been playing. We've that's got an eight hundred go percentage, hmm? and it feels great. So you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for my place because my place is one on a winning ball club. There you go. Always happy when you're winning. Well, as we said, the Colorado Rockies will get their home season started on Friday. We will have at least one more podcast between now and then for you. We'll see if we can sneak in a little hit for the cycle. So let us know if you want to play that. Uh, We'll see if we can get that done. At the very least, we'll have the opportunity to run through the pitching matchups, uh, the divisional opponent. If every game counts for 2.7, then every divisional game counts for carry the Seven the thousand percent of the of what it used to count for, I think, is is roughly about what it is. So make sure that you're sticking with us through all of that. Thanks for everyone for hanging out. Kenneth, I saw you come in with a late question and, and you're new, so I just want to let you know that you will have plenty of opportunities to hear me talk about my now seven-year-long love affair with Rhyme Altapia. We'll, we'll we'll get to that at some point, I promise you. Um I'm probably his uh, the biggest believer in him out there. So we hope that you and everyone else will continue to join us, that you subscribe to the YouTube channel so you make sure that you don't miss every time we go live, which is after every single game, at least so far. Um, and if there isn't a game, oftentimes we'll go at 3 o'clock in the afternoon if we can make that work out for you Monday through Friday. But again, make sure that you are subscribed to the YouTube, uh, the Twitter and the Facebook for all of that stuff so you don't miss out on it. You subscribe to uh, the DNVR.com. Sheldon, another newcomer, just started listening three days ago. Fantastic. We really appreciate it. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed, too. Always definitely helps. Uh, and then you'll get it as soon as it goes up. It'll download straight to your, your phone and all of that stuff. We've got plenty of other fun uh, podcasts also on this network, the Denver Sports Podcast, where we talk about all the four major sports. And if you're into the other beats, of course, make sure that you're following all of them. You subscribe to the DNVR.com so you can get some cool discounts on this merch stuff, including the hat and shirt that I am currently wearing. we got all kinds of cool stuff, including a new Larry Walker Hall of Fame shirt that is currently, is it still only available to members only? I, I think that's right, that Might this be. first run... Uh, at least for the week, only available to members of the DNVR. So make sure you join us. Then you can come and hang out with us in the lounge, too, and talk trash and play video games and and have that fun. We appreciate you sharing the show with all your Rockies buddies and hope that everyone else, else out there will 
do the same. As we can tell, <clears throat> you are all remaining absolutely awesome out there. So all we can promise for you is that we will remain absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark. Thank you.